Thanks for joining us on the Church of the Lakes podcast, where we inspire life, share life, and give life. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at cotlakes.com. We'd love to connect with you. Now, let's go to the message. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Church of the Lakes Online. I'm Pastor Mike. So glad that you joined us this morning. And again, want to remind you, uh, get on the e-guide if it's on your phone or tablet or whatever, cotlakes.com. And uh, under there, you're going to hit on e-guide. And uh, it's got all kinds of stuff on here. If you're a first-time guest, we want to know. There's a place for you to fill out information. Events, we got stuff coming up, like we got this block party happening at Leesburg High School, which is an effort all the churches coming together uh, to serve the community and provide services and talk about the services that are available uh, within the community. So check that out. You're going to want to get on there under events and check that out. Um, if you're interested in being a part of a small group, you can be a part of a small group. There's All the small groups are listed here. Sermon notes, giving, all kinds of stuff on here. So get on our e-guide uh, if you have that opportunity. Again, I said about the block party. Would love for you to check that out. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be in the stadium at Leesburg High School uh, with a lot of opportunity for us to serve and love people who are hurting or having struggles right now and, us, and the ability for us to get services to them. And then I also want to remind you, Christmas Eve, we will be having our Christmas Eve service at Leesburg High School on, guess when it is? It's on Christmas Eve. You're so smart. So we are on Christmas Eve. Uh, excited about that. I think that's still the 24th. That was a joke. Um, but the 24th, Christmas Eve, we're really excited because we decided, you know, what are we doing with Christmas Eve? Sometimes we have a Christmas Eve service and, well, you know, a lot of people come and they're like, oh, yay, and we sang a few songs, but why? And this year, our, our staff really decided, you know what? You know what our community really needs is hope. We've been talking about that word a lot, it seems like, lately in, in prayer meetings and in our staff meetings and even talking to our principal at the high school and, and just saying, you know, hope is something we need. So we're going to call it a night of hope. It's going to be a, a, an evening of a lot of testimonies uh, of people just kind of sharing their stories and what Jesus has done in their life. So I think it'd be worth your time. So come check it out Christmas Eve at Leesburg High School. Um, and, and I was talking about that, that hope thing. And some of you know the story. Some of you are new. You don't know the story. But one of the first things when we moved into Leesburg High School, we asked, one of our prayer team asked Mr. Randolph, um, what, how can we pray for you? What, what do you think is the biggest need? And what came out of his mouth was one word, and that was hope. Hope. And man, the more I have processed that, you know, that was, that was now two and a half years ago since we moved into Leesburg High School. Uh, that's still the scenario. You know, it's, that's, that's really our job as followers of Christ. What are we doing here? And, and the answer is we're bringing hope. Like we're, we are God's rescue plan and we bring hope. Well, how do we do that? Well, that goes to the vision of our church. So we have a four part vision to our church. And the first part of of that would be that you would know God, that people would actually know him, have relationship with him. Right. And, and, and when we say know him, that's more than informationally, right? Not, not know information about him, right? It's more than religion. It's about a relationship. And so, so we want people to know God. And then once people uh, come to know God, that they would find freedom. And how do we do that in the context of our church? We believe it's a lot of it is through small groups uh, that, you know, you can sit and listen to me talk today. But let's be honest, by Thursday, you'll have a hard time remembering half the things I said. Right. There might be one point that really stuck with you or whatever. But I tell you what, you go get involved in a small group and you sit down and you build relationship with people and you get accountability. Well, that's where you start finding freedom. 
from the stuff. Cause, cause come on y'all, you can know God, but you can still have your stuff, right? You, know, you, you can take the redneck out of the woods, a little tough to take the woods out of the redneck kind of thing. And, and, and I just want to say to you for us, it's fine that we are saved and we come and we've been delivered from our sin, but we are, are we still sitting in it? And do we overcome it? So we, we want you to find freedom. And then if you start to find freedom from your past and your hurts, I think life, I think sometimes life has a fog. People are unclear. Who am I? Why am I here? The, the, the statistics say most people really can't give you an answer as to what their purpose is or why they're here. And I think that's because there's such a fog from things in our lives. But once you start to find freedom, that fog starts to clear and, and then you can begin to discover purpose. Like why you're here and, and what God has called you to do. Why, why are you on this planet? I think there's two amazing days in your life. Uh, that's the day you're born and the day you realize why. Right? That you come to the point of understanding like why you're here and some sense of purpose, how you're wired. God has wired each one of us differently and very specifically for the purposes that he has for his life. And once you start to figure that out and act on it, well, then you can make a difference. Know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. We believe that is the biblical mandate of the focus of what God wants us to do individually in our lives, right? That we got walk through that process. And I'll just say this, we're continually walking through that process, right? I don't know if I'm talking to people that are really, really holy or holier than me, uh, but I'm constantly walking through this process. I'm constantly working on parts of my life. And sometimes I'm in a season of finding freedom. We're having to deal with stuff from my past or, or anger or, or hurts or different things. And then there's other parts of uh, seasons in my life where I'm serving and I'm doing things and it just feels like, man, I feel like I'm making a difference. I feel like I'm being a part, bringing value to other people's lives. And then there's other part times when you're, you're just, you're growing deeper in your understanding of who God is. That's a no God season. So we're all going through this. And, and, and one of the things that I really need you to hear is I believe we're all created to make a difference. We're, we're all created to do this process. No God, find freedom, discover purpose and make a difference. And your life will never make sense. Until you know that you matter and that you are living in such a, a, a such a why that the way that you're living out your purpose, right? The, the, the way that you live, there's a why to it. There's, there's a why to it and understanding. And if we don't define why we're here on the planet, our problems will. Let me say that one more time. If we don't define why we are here on the planet, our problems will. Let me ask you a question. Do you know anybody? Have you met anybody? That in quite, in all honesty, it's their problems that define who they are. Right? That they constantly talk about, well, this is happening, and that's happening, and I had this problem, and I had this issue. And, and if we don't define why we're here, then everything on this planet will begin to define us. And honestly, it'll destroy you. Scripture tells us, where there is no vision, the people perish. Right. And so and so we really want to encourage you to get on this journey with us. And so let me let me read you a verse out of Psalm 112. It says this good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. Now, this next part of this phrase, I got an accent for you. It says, surely the righteous will never be shaken. You go, okay, well. That's where you got me, because I don't really believe that. You're telling me there's a formula where I can never be shaken. And I would say absolutely yes. It doesn't mean that things around you won't shake. It means in the midst of that, that you are not shaken, right? 
Like I said, if you don't define your life, your problems will. In the midst of problems and in the midst of chaos, you cannot be shaken. You can be shaking, but you cannot be shaken is what this says. And go back. How do you live that life? Well, it says right above there. Those who are generous, generous and live freely and conduct their affairs with justice. And then it goes on and it says this. They will be remembered forever. And that's what I want to talk about for the next three weeks. For the next three weeks, always in November, we talk about a a specific word that we literally use every November, and that is legacy. Legacy. Legacy is, is, let me define it. Legacy is where my life lives on. Where where my, my life lives on. And how do we do that? Well, by giving to something that will outlive me, and by living so my life outlives me, right? Let me say it to you this way. What we do for ourselves usually dies with us. What we do for others lives beyond us. So this is how we need to deal with the problems of this crazy world. I think this is how this verse is saying that even if the world around you is shaken, you is shaking, you will not have to be shaken if you look at it from this standpoint. Right? If you look at it from, well, what am I doing to serve other people? This is how we do it. Listen to me. Serving other people, being generous, lending freely, being just in the way we do things, doesn't make your problems go away, but it will help us stay focused when they do. It will help us stay focused on what really matters. Surviving the chaos of this life is found in living our lives for something bigger than our problems. Right? We're all going to have problems, right? Like, like for the rest of your life, you're going to have problems. You're going to have things that feel like failure. You're going to have all kinds of struggles and trials. And, and we, we may at times have medical issues. We may have relationship issues. We may have spiritual issues. We may have emotional issues. I mean, all these things, all that is coming. Aren't you glad you tuned in this morning? Thank you, Pastor, for that encouragement, right? But let me encourage you with this. In the midst of that, God said, his word says, you don't have to be shaken. And how do you do that? Well, by, by being generous, by lending freely, by being just in the way that you do things. The goal isn't to live on earth forever. It's to live for something that does. Say that one more time. The goal isn't to live on earth forever. It's to live for something that does. This is the reason why you are here. And as, as, as a pastor, maybe I'm your pastor or maybe you're just tuning in. But as a pastor, I feel like I'm a guide for you. And I really feel like I'm a guide in two specific areas. A pastor is a shepherd, is, is the way that it's described. And so one would be that I'm to shepherd you in this life. I'm a guide in this life. So people will sit down with me and we'll talk about their marriage or their kids or those kind of things and shepherd you in this life. But also that I would shepherd you in the life to come. See that, that whole uh, YOLO thing? That's actually not true. Right when, when it says you only live once, that's not true. I think if you're going to be biblically correct, you would have to change it to yolt, which is you only live twice. Because you're going to live an existence here on this planet, on this blue blob that we're on, and then you're going to live an existence in eternity. And so really that's two things, and the second one has everything to do with the first. Look at Romans Romans 14. You then, why do you judge your brothers and sisters? Who are you to to point your finger? Why do you treat them with contempt? 
For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. Now it gets real, right? And it is written, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, and every tongue will acknowledge God. So then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Did you know that there was a final exam in heaven? Any bad test takers out there? Anybody else don't like taking tests? Make you anxious? You get nervous? Come on, you're in the multiple choice test? Come on. You know what I'm talking about. You get to A, you're like, A looks pretty good. And then you get to B and you're like, that one looks pretty good too. And then you get to C and you're like, that one looks pretty good too. I'm just going to put D. Right? Like, or you just, I mean, right? Cause like some of us have test anxiety and all this. And, and I was not always the greatest test taker. I'm a pretty smart guy, but I was probably a good C student. Come on, anybody else? Like, you know, about a C student or, or so. Um, and, and, and if I had, maybe if I had pushed more or done, but I really, I didn't like taking tests. I didn't like studying for tests. Um, school was just not my thing. I know some people just eat it up. They love school. Right. They're just they they would be students for the rest of their lives if somebody would pay for it and pay for their life, you know, in that process. But that is not me. So when I was in school um, in college, I joined a fraternity and I'm, I'm in the fraternity and I'm telling one of the guys, dude, I just started taking genetics. And I took genetics from a guy who won the Nobel Peace Prize in genetics. And holy moly, this dude had this thick, thick German accent. You could not, uh, we could not understand him. So we would record him. Anybody else remember those little tiny tape recorders with the little tiny cassette tape things that you would use in school? We would, we would record him just so we could try and play it back because we were having a hard time understanding him. So like, even to try and take notes was just madness. So I'm telling one of my fraternity brothers this story. I'm like, dude, genetics is kicking my butt. And then our tests, our tests would be one page. Here's one question and a blank page. Here's one question and a blank page. Here's one question and a blank page. Three pages. You pick two and answer the question. And that is your whole test. Right? I mean, do you know how hard it is to get a decent percentage? Like it's either zero or a hundred almost. Cause anyway, so I'm struggling. I tell my, one of my fraternity brothers, he's like, who's the teacher? So I tell him the name. I don't even remember the name. And he went, Hey, come with me. And we go down into the basement of the fraternity and there's these filing cabinets. Right. And I'm like, what the heck is this? He's like, these are test files. And I'm like, test files. What are you talking about? He said, every time somebody takes a test, because back then they would give the test back. They're smart now. They don't do that very often. So you can't do what I'm about to say, but they would give the test back. Well, we had a filing system. You could go in and find professors and pull out here are their tests from last semester. Right. Or here's now, while it wasn't exact, it was amazing. Come on, somebody. Right. All of a sudden I became an A student. You know what I'm saying? Kind of a thing. And so here's what I want to do for you today. There's a final exam in heaven. And I don't know exactly how the words are, but I got a pretty good idea of the content. And my suggestion to you is it's a two question test. It's a two question test that when we get to eternity, that I think that, that we're going to be asked. Let me, let me tell you, let me tell you what I think the questions are. Again, probably not the exact words. I don't know what it looks like. You know, is it going to be you're standing there and it looks like a waiting room and they're going to go, Mike Matheny, and you like, you know, walk up and do, I don't know, but do I, I, but I do have a pretty darn good idea of the content of what is going to be asked. And I, and I think the first thing that's going to be asked is something like this. What did you do with my son, Jesus? What did, what did, what did you do with my son, Jesus? Because I sent him to pay for your sins. 
I sent him to take your place on the cross so that you don't have to pay for your sins and that you don't have to have punishment and that you can have freedom. No, God, find freedom, right? Discover purpose, make a difference. He's got a plan for us. And, and so how did you respond to that? I believe is going to be the question. Because here's what I know. I know there's a heaven and a hell. I believe it to the core of my being. But people also often gets twi- get twisted because they're like, but hell, like, that's horrible that God would send people there. Well, God doesn't send people to hell, right? It is separation from God that, that leads us to that place. Hell is not a place that, that God created for bad people or because he's mad at people. It's a place he created for Satan. And if people would like to pay for their own sins, they can do that on their own. Right. But but the reality is, is that God's desire is that he sent his son that we might have relationship with him. And and, and so he's going to say, so what what'd you do with my son? Let me show you um, and, and let's get into Revelation a little bit and, and look at exactly what I'm talking about, about when we have this. It's called the great white throne judgments in Revelation 20. It says, then I saw a great white throne. And him who was seated on it, the earth and the heaven fled from his presence and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and books were opened. Books with a S plural were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. Now, the first books, right? Notice that it said there's going to be some books and then there's going to be a book. Okay, the first books are everything that you've ever done. Now, I don't know about you, but I picture when they go, Mike Matheny, and I go standing up there, all of a sudden the dump trucks are going to start backing, boop, 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 right, for everything I've ever done. And everything I ever said to my mama, come on, somebody. And the attitude and the rolling the eyes and the sucking the butter off my teeth. Do you know what that means? Like, you know, kind of, yeah. So... Oh, here, here come all the books. Woo. They're going to dump truck. It's going to take a good half hour, maybe 45 minutes for all the dump trucks to dump the books kind of thing of all that you've done. But then there's the second book. That book is called the, the Lamb's Book of Life. So what they're going to do is I just have this picture and this is me. Forgive me making it up. This is not so biblical. It's just Mike's crazy imagination. Here's all these piles of books and there's going to be like this pregnant pause. Well, everybody just kind of looks at the books and looks at Mike and looks at the books and looks at Mike and looks at the books and they're going to go, okay, 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 okay. Let's look at this other book. And this is the Lamb's Book of Life. And they're going to flip through it and they're going to go, is he in here? M's, M's, M's. Oh, there he is. He's here. Right. And what's going to happen in that moment is all these other books, poof, are going to be gone. Because... It is about the Lamb's book of life, right? Now, everyone is going to go through this judgment. Everyone is going to have this moment. All of us, every single person is going to have our day in court, if you will. The difference is going to be whether or not our name is in that book as to what happens with all of these books, right? And the scary part is, is there's a, there's, Jesus talks about this moment. He talks about it in Matthew 7, 21. It says this, listen, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. 
What is the will of our Father who is in heaven? Our will, His will, is that He sent His Son to die for you. That He sacrificed His life for you. So what is His will? That you would turn around and sacrifice your life for Him. So it's a surrender. It's when I say, Jesus, you're Lord. You're in charge. How do you want me to live? I'll live however you say. Whatever your word says... That is your will. I will do that. That's me doing the will. The will of the Father is that I would surrender my life. And when I do that, my name gets written in the book of life. But it says this. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Man, didn't we go to church? I was in church every time the doors were open. Right? I sang in the choir. Right? I used to, I used to teach Sunday school. I was a youth leader. I used to peg those kids with dodgeballs in the face all the time. It was amazing. Right? Did all this stuff. Look at what they say. They prophesied in your name. And in your name, we drive out demons. And in your name, performed many miracles. They performed miracles. And then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me. So, let me help you just for a second. Kind of, let's, let's pretend like I'm in the fraternity house and we got the test files. Because here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to not only tell you what's on the test, but let me tell you the correct answer. If the question is, what did you do with my son Jesus? The correct answer will be, I knew him personally. I knew him personally. That is the will of our father. Not that we know about him. Listen to me. We're not talking about no. We're talking about no. You know the difference? Right, I can tell. I can. I can. I can talk about somebody famous right now. You know, I, I can talk about. Um, we're in, in the middle of football season, so I can talk about Aaron Rodgers, who's in the news right now, and all the COVID crazy stuff. And I could say to you, I know Aaron Rodgers, and you would go, "You don't know Aaron Rodgers," and I would go, "Yeah, I do I know Aaron Rodgers? He's a quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. Like he's every once in a while he grows that crazy long hair and a beard. And all. I mean, I could tell you some things about Aaron Rodgers because I know." About Aaron Rodgers. The difference is, is I'm talking to you about this, but to know Aaron Rodgers would mean that I would know him personally. Right? And, and that's the difference here is, is, is this is not the, this first judgment, the reason it's so important, these books of all your stuff and then this book, right, where you've done the will of the Father, which the will of the Father is that I have a personal relationship with Jesus. This judgment determines the rest of your eternity. Right, So I would be a bad shepherd or a bad pastor if I didn't prep you. If I didn't prep you for this test. If I didn't prep you for what's going to be happening there. Now the second judgment is different. The second judgment for believers is about what you did here on earth. So I think there's a second question. Um, or And it will be something like this. These are not exact words, but this will be the context of it. What did you do with what I gave you? What did you do... With what I gave you. Look at 2 Corinthians 5 and 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That each one may receive what is due him. For the things done while in the body. Whether good or bad. In in other words. Jesus is going to come back. And he's going to pay you back. For the way you lived. For the things that are righteous. Isn't that a cool thought? Like isn't that that a cool. Like God didn't have to do that. Think about it. He didn't owe us anything. He could come back and look at us and go, you're lucky to be up in heaven, you know. And that, but that's not what this says, right? He's coming back. And, and, and hopefully it's before the next election cycle or something. Come, anyway, but, 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 but he's bringing rewards with him. Like, 
How good is God that he would do that? Look at Matthew 16, 27. For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what he has done. How amazing is that? Now, now there's some confusion about works, right? Because we say things like, you know, Christianity is not about works. That's not true at all. Salvation is not about works. That is a grace gift, right? The fact that if I get my name written in the book of life, when all I have to do, all the Bible says you have to do is confess it and believe it and it be sincere. You can't just say words. It's got to be sincerity that God, I give you my life. I surrender my heart, Jesus. Come into my life. Tell me how I should live, right? And the name's written in the book. But now there's going to be the second judgment where it's going to say, you know what? We got another set of books. <laughs> and these books, it's going to be all the stuff that was the good stuff and all the stuff that, 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 that you, uh, that, that God would reward and he's going to reward you for that. So once we surrender our lives to Jesus, listen, everything is about him making him known, serving his purposes. So we surrender our lives and, th- and that's that first part of the final exam. But that second part is, is the reward. And I want to talk to you in closing up today about this concept of legacy. Because I really believe that having a legacy here on earth, people remembering what you've done, not necessarily you, right? Legacy is not about being remembered as a person. It's about being remembered for what you did. Why? So that they might glorify God through what you did. Um, but th- th- this is this has been set inside of us. This is all of us. You can go to a place that doesn't have organized religion, and they'll have some sort of form of worship in their culture. Why? Look at Ecclesiastes three and eleven. He has made everything beautiful in his time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Right? That's just it's in all of us. We know there's something inside of us. Maslow's hierarchy of needs. The highest part of the need is transcendence. To be a part of something. Bigger than myself. Why? Because God has set eternity in our hearts. Now, if we'll be judged according to what we do in that second judgment, then maybe we should be intentional with the rest of our life. Would you agree? So let me give you some thoughts on what it would mean for you to to be a legacy type of lifestyle, living out legacy and being intentional of that. Number one, I will intentionally give what I have. And some people would go, Give what I have. I ain't got jack, man. I'm trying to pay the bills and rub two nickels together. Let me ask you a question. Have you got a thumb? And and you're going, that's a dumb question. It's not. Can you give somebody a thumbs up? Do you have have a mouth? Can you give somebody a smile? Do you have some arms? Can you give somebody a hug? Right? Listen, when I say intentionally give what you have, we immediately start thinking about dollars. And what I'm saying to you is there's a lot more to you than just dollars. Yes, it's dollars, right? But it's, it's our time. It's our talents. And then it's also our treasure that we would get. How do you use social media? Are you intentional in using it to give what you have, to serve, to better somebody else's life? Where are you investing the talents you have? Some of us are giving our greatest for a paycheck that goes away within a matter of days because we have to pay all the bills. Right? What does it look like for you to invest your talents? What does God want me to do with the raise I just got? See, there's there's a mentality of intentionality of doing. And I, and I need to say something that many of you will push back on. You're rich. You're extremely, extremely rich. And for some of you, you're like, dude, you don't know my life. Um, and I'm telling you right now, if you live in the United States, you're rich. 
Are you, are you struggling to keep up with Trump? Maybe. <laughs> right? But that's just a comparison thing. But I guarantee you I could take you to a hut in Africa. Um, and see what they have and what they live, and you would begin quickly realize, holy cow, like, in my house, come on, y'all, like, there's extra rubber bands everywhere. You know what I'm talking about? Like, paper clips are in crazy places. Pins, you got pins laying around. How many Bibles you got in your house? Uh, you know, how many books laying around? I mean, anybody else got an attic full of stuff that it just, it, it, it tortures you to think what it would be like to have to go through that attic, and it, it does. I'm, I'm, I'm sweating right now, thinking about what it looked like to, to clean out my eye, because we have so much stuff. Why do we have so much stuff? Is there a responsibility to who much is given, much is required? I think there's a responsibility that we have. Look at Second Corinthians 9 and 11. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So let me give you some thoughts. If we're going to be intentional in our giving, let me give you a couple of different thoughts on, on how you actually do that. First, I would say become an intentional giver. And yes, I'm talking about finances, but I'm also talking about your time and your talent. How about considering a percentage model? <laughs> what percentage are you going to give? Right? I mean, have you ever thought about how you spend your time? Like, What would it look like to take your calendar and say, what are the percentages of where I spend my time. Because I can tell you, the amount of time that you spend at work is nowhere near as powerful as the amount of time you spend with your kids when it comes to eternity. Right? Now, you might argue, well, pastor, you're a pastor and your work is different. And that's true, but here's what I'll tell you. The moments that I spend with my kids investing is going to go for generations until Jesus comes back. Right. And, and so where are you? Become an intentional giver. How about this one? Um, we we are going to have a legacy offering that's coming up in, in just a matter of a few weeks. And the, what we do with this is it's it's an offering. And for those of you tuning in for the first time, you're like, wow, we're talking about money. Go back and look through our stuff and you'll see this is the one time of year that we talk about money. And why do we do it at this time of year? Because we give it all away. So we're going to take up a legacy offering, but it's not for Church of the Lakes. We're not building buildings. We're not doing those kind of things. It's for us to give away to the community. And I'm telling you now, why? Because I don't want to try to do some manipulation, right? Or, or we're not going to have like, you know, starving kids pop up on the screen. And, you know, no, I'm telling you now, four weeks from now, so that you can pray and ask God, uh, what, what would you want me to do to be a part of something to serve the community? So be intentional in that. Here's another way simply to be intentional. Start today with simple acts of kindness. If you go to lunch today, leave a honking tip for the waitress. Right? Like, like, and, and can I say this to you? The next time you have a terrible waitress, leave her a big tip. Why? Because how many of you have ever had a horrible day? Did it mean you were horrible at your job or were you just having a horrible day? Right? What would it look like for us to do something for our neighbors? Are you intentional about the way that you are a neighbor and how you, how you serve the people in your neighbor? I just, I just want you to realize that if we're going to stand before God one day and, and, and it's going to be about what we did and that's going to determine eternity, why don't we get intentional now about focusing on ter- that I'm motivated by eternity? That I'm motivated to spend my time and my day and be intentional in the way I give. Number two is this. I will intentionally serve others. For some of you, you're new to Church of the Lakes. You're checking us out for the first time. That is totally cool. Some of you are just coming um, and just kind of kicking the tires a little bit. But here's what I would say. 
after a certain amount of time, you need to get plugged in. Um, and you need to do it for you. I'll say this. Uh, we're doing just fine without you serving, but we'd be a whole lot better with you serving. Right? We need to be a part. You need to be a part of our dream team and get into life steps and go to children's, uh, be a part of children's ministry or parking team or our teen center or serving the rock, whatever it is. Um, because we are built to do this and we are motivated by eternity, not by just, let me show you Matthew 20. Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Here's the third one. I will intentionally share Christ. If if we really take to heart what we just talked about, these, these two judgments, where are the people around you in that? Is their name in the book? Do they know about God, but not know Jesus? And so, listen to me, Christmas is coming. I brought it up, Christmas Eve. That'd be a great opportunity. People will say yes to come to our Christmas service, right? And, and, and so let me invite you to do that. Let me challenge you to invite somebody to come to church. And then I, I dare you, come to me. Come, Pastor Mike, I got a friend coming this morning. Don't blow it. Right? And I'm going to take that and laugh, but I'm going to pray and say, God, do something amazing here because we need to be very intentional. Who knows what tomorrow brings? We're not promised tomorrow. Second Corinthians 5 and 20, we are Christ ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us, Luke 14, 23, go out into the country and urge anyone you find to come in so that my house will be full. Mark 16 and 15, Jesus said to his followers, go everywhere on the world and tell the good news to everyone. Why? Why would we do this? First Timothy 6 and 17, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant or to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves. I'll put in parentheses right after that. Legacy. Legacy. That's living a legacy motivated by eternity. They will, they, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Let me say it this final way. There is more to this life than this life. We have to be motivated by eternity. We've got to understand the final exam we will go through and everyone around us will go through and then become intentional about how we live this day in light of eternity. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for this lesson today. Thank you for the challenge today. I pray, God, that you would give us motivation to do something with it, more than just hear this, that we would become intentional in, in, in the way we give, that we would be intentional in the way we serve, that we'd be intentional in sharing you with the people that are around us. And so, God, empower us and strengthen us Uh, that we might be able to live out the challenges that you have given us today. We pray it and ask it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us today. We would love to help you on your next steps. Please visit cotlakes.com. Join us weekly as we continue to know God, find freedom, 
discover purpose, and make a difference in our community.